are back. Welcome back to the Novelty Podcast. My name is Mar. And I'm Sadie. And this is the podcast where we read the books so you don't have to. And this week, by popular demand, Mm. we are reading Spare. Come on! And if you don't know what Spare is, you should, because we recorded an episode of an EBTV Mm -hmm. on it, which is our miniseries, Everything But the Book. And we, after looking into it, we decided this was a book that we really wanted to read. We wanted to get into it. You guys were excited about us uh, reading it, giving you our thoughts on it. And again, we are not, we're not from Britain. We don't know everything. Okay. We're not, (laughs) we're not royal fanatics, but we do have a lot of opinions. We do. After reading this book, Mm -hmm. we have a lot. We have a lot of opinions. We have a lot of opinions. I don't know if our opinions are like valid but we got opinions <laughs> i think if he put this book out there it is a, it's for anyone it's, yeah it's fair game he yeah. said you guys are allowed to make up some opinions about it and so <laughs> this book is spare it's by prince harry and mar you're gonna give us a little overview of kind of the the what the whole book is about yes and then we'll get into it a little bit more so this description is straight from the book so if you were to pick up this book it kind of just gives an overlay and this is what it says it says it was one of the most searing images of the 20th century two young boys two princes walking behind their mother's coffin as the world watched in sorrow and horror as princess diana was laid to rest billions wondered what prince william and prince harry must be thinking and feeling and how their lives would play out from that point on for harry this is that story at last Before losing his mother, 20-year-old Prince Harry was known as the carefree one, the happy-go-lucky spare to the the more serious heir. Grief changed everything. He struggled at school, struggled with anger, with loneliness, and because he blamed the press for his mother's death, he struggled to accept life in the spotlight. At 21, he joined the British Army. The discipline gave him structure, and two combat tours made him a hero at home. But he soon felt more lost than ever, suffering from post-traumatic stress and prone to crippling panic attacks. Above all, he could not find true love. Then he met Meghan. The world was swept away by the couple's cinematic romance and rejoiced in their fairy tale wedding. But from the beginning, Harry and Meghan were preyed upon by the press, subjected to waves of abuse, racism, and lies. Watching his wife suffer their safety and mental health at risk, Harry saw no other way to prevent the tragedy of history repeating itself but to flee his mother's mother's country. His mother country, sorry. (laughs) His mother country. (laughs) Over the centuries, leaving the royal family was an act few had dared. The last to try it, in fact, had been his mother. For the first time, Prince Harry Harry tells his own story, chronically his journey with raw, unflinching honesty. A landmark publication, Spare is full of insight, revelation, self-examination, and hard-won wisdom about the eternal power of love over grief. So that is what this book is about. That was a lot. That was a lot. But we think it's it's give you an overview because it really does. His This whole book starts with his, this is Harry, right? Yes. This is Harry writing this Harry book. Harry Styles. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> I just had to. Prince Harry. This is Harry writing this book as a dad. This was him. You know, he published mm. this. This book came out in January of this year. So he was writing it, you know, the past year or so. It's kind of like, almost like, it seems like a COVID project as yeah, well. There's a probably. couple of these that are seeming like. He had time on his hands. Yeah. And so he wanted to address it all. And also at the same time, he had just, they had just left the country. They'd yeah. moved. And so I think it's him reflecting back and it really is it's everything starts with yeah. princess diana's passing for sure that is kind of like the way this whole book it really it's it's almost like he's like i went to therapy 
I now know more about myself. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> so he's like, I'm going to look at my life. Yeah. That's really what this book feels like. Which like good for you guys. If you need therapy, get that. No, I, lo- I have no problem with their therapy. I think a lot of people could benefit from yeah, it. Yeah, for sure. But I'm saying this book, it really is like he he's like, I understand so much about myself now. And so everything feels like it's through the lens of how his life had been changed and affected by the passing of his mother. Yeah. What I really think, though. Oh, okay. As I think you went to these therapy sessions and the therapist didn't get a word in. I think, <laughs> <laughs> I think he generally just sat there and talked his feelings out and was like, well, that's it. That's facts. That's you- facts. He's like, I don't need to talk. Thank you for this eight hour session. I'm good to go. There was one part where he walked in and he's like, can I lay down? Yeah. And she was <laughs> like, I was wondering you're going to ask. And he really gets comfy and yeah, he starts home for it. I think he does. I mean, that makes sense why he then wrote a book about it. Cause he's yeah. like, here is everything that is, I have to say that I've learned from therapy, but yeah. the book is kind of broken into three major sections. It's kind of like his childhood up until college age. Mm. And then it's his 18 college age years. And then his time in the army yes. in the war. And then the last section which I just, I can't even, I'm so sorry. I cannot even. It's entitled Captain of My Soul. Um, and it's in Meeting Megan. So those are the three big sections and we are going to get into all of them. And so the first one just kind of. <laughs> Captain of My Soul. Captain like, of My Soul. Okay. I'm I just like. I love when Joel is romantic, but oh my God, if he ever said Captain of My Soul. Yeah. I would be like, shut up. You could only say it to me in private. I know. <laughs> you don't say that don't out say loud. Don't say that It's cringy out loud. Like, it's <laughs> because it's like, Captain, my, I'm just, it, it, but to me, that actually very much encapsulates their relationship. For sure. It, it, oh, see, we're getting ahead of it because we have so many thoughts We've about it. We've got thoughts. We've got thoughts. But that, that section title just, it cracked me up so much. <laughs> <laughs> I honestly think that, okay, now we're just saying it. Now we just, yeah. But I really think that like Megan and Harry, like, First of all, let me just say this. I have, if you're listening, okay. <laughs> Harry, this Do is you want to for be on you. Show? I was gonna, I'm just saying, if we have no idea what it's like to be a royal. So our opinions at the end of the day, Although like we are royalty in with, Jesus, but yes. Thank you. <laughs> Captain of my heart, Captain. the Lord. The Lord. Is Jesus the Christ, okay. <laughs> but at the end of the day, like we always say, like our opinions are just our opinions of and course. they could be so inaccurate because we don't actually know what it's like to be a royal. But I do think that these two live in their own world. I think they do. I think they're very obsessed with each other. I think it's very sweet. I think they are totally enamored. Like they both truly believe, I think they're the luckiest people in the world. The way he talks about her and writes about her of like, I'm sorry, very inconsequential things that she mm. will do. And he's like, I can't even believe it. She's so smart. Like, see, that's cute because sometimes when I be doing something, Hunter just look at me and be like, what are you (laughs) doing? I'm like, you're supposed to think I'm cute when I'm doing this. You're supposed to think this is adorable. Okay. (laughs) No, there will be, there was like a a part, I flagged it where he, he was like, when they first, it was like their second date or something. And she's like, I'm going to Europe. Like, I'm going to eat, pray, love. And he was like, what is that? And she's like, it was this book. And he was like, oh, my gosh, she's so smart. She reads. I was she like, re- she is <laughs> reading Eat, Sadie's a genius. I'm kind of a genius. This woman eats, praise, and loves. Like, five books a month. That's a lot of bits. Probably more than that. I was just crying that he was like, oh, my God, she's so smart. And I'm like, bro, she's reading Eat, Pray, Love. Like, she's like. 
She's like going on a like self-discovery journey, which is amazing. Yes. But I just like that to me encapsulates so much of like how he sees her. And like, I, I think you're so right. They just live in their own little yeah. world. So anyway, that's the we're getting, we're getting off it. track. Sorry, guys. <laughs> but so the book kind of opens with um the description and kind of, I guess, just general thoughts around his mother's passing, yeah. Princess Diana's passing, which is just. Obviously horrific. If you don't know, which I'm sure you do, is like one of the most famous tragedies ever. It was yeah. in 1997 and she was being chased by paparazzi and she crashed in a tunnel. Yeah. And passed. Yeah. And the way that she found out was honestly, or the way that he found out was pretty sad. It was. For sure. I think, yeah, I think this is, like, a really sad thing and probably why the reason, I don't want to say messed up, but he had to work throughout a lot of things. Because this is a very big pinpoint in somebody's life to lose a mother, who, number one, was a loving mother, right? To lose someone like that. So, basically, yeah. So, in 1997, uh, she was injured in a car crash and, you know, she died. And so, what happened was uh, King Charles, well, now King Charles, sat Harry down um, and he just explained the circumstances and... Didn't he wake him, didn't he wake him up at night? Yes. Didn't he, well, he kind of, like, sat in his room yes sorry and woke him up oh it's fine and he was like kind of confused at what was going on because mm-hmm. his dad never his dad's not very affectionate with him and so he kind of was like darling boy like yeah th- your mom's been in a crash and like this what's happened and they'd been divorced for yeah quite a while at that point and so it was just he couldn't register what was happening yeah. and he says like the only thing that he truly really remembers is the fact that like um he didn't cry not a tear and his father didn't even hug him yeah and it's funny though because he killed her. Okay, because he killed her. That's why he didn't cry. Because he said my plan came to an end. Okay, that's that's what happened. Okay, that's my opinion. <laughs> King Charles is being arrested at this Stop. moment. <laughs> we read her journal. She knew he was gonna kill. I'm sorry. This is breaking news. They are rushing into <laughs> the cap right now. Right now, live all the way from <laughs> if they really no I'm never. Sorry. But but he does actually think that Harry does yes. think that they were involved because later he says. When his dad eventually wants to marry Camilla, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. which is his mistress, his woman on the side, his villain. But is it is it his mistress? <laughs> that is the hot topic. Yes. That is the that is the hot take. But he said, uh, Harry says, yes, Camilla played a pivotal role in the unraveling of our parents' marriage, mm-hmm. and yes, that meant she played a role in our mother's disappearance. But we understood that she'd been trapped like everyone else in the riptides of events. So he. If you caught that, he even said our mother's disappearance. Yeah. So that leads to the point of it. He really thinks his mom is in hiding. Yeah. Which is a level of mental stress that I couldn't, I can't even comprehend because him and his brother, William would go back and forth. They talk about this of how they would say she would never, she'd never leave us. Like she'd never do that to us. Cause Harry would say to William, she's just hiding somewhere until it's safe and she can come and get us. Like, mm-hmm. and William was like, she would never do that to yeah. us. Like she would never put us through that. She would have taken the, with Yeah, them. she would take with, but then, but then William would say, but she'd also never die. Like, Which is she, like, it, it, as a not kid, No, but I, you know? but it's like him as a kid being like, but she, in his mind, he's like, but I can't grasp her dying yeah. either. So for them, they're just grappling with this. And I think actually something I noticed he put in this book, which is, I think another layer to how traumatic this was for him was he said that um there was a regret he had from when he that night 
she had called earlier in the evening, the night of the crash, but he said, I was running around with Willie and my cousins didn't want to stop playing. So I'd been short with her, impatient to get back to my games. Mm. I'd rushed mummy off the phone. I'd wish I apologized for it. I wish I'd searched for the words to describe how much I loved her. I didn't know that search would take decades. Yeah. So it's like even even those things. It's like he yeah. his he talked to his mom the night she died and he was annoyed. He was like, Mom, like get off the phone. I'm trying to like hang out with my friends. Yeah. And so even like that, I think the fact that he included that in the book just shows how he really is like reflected on this and he it's weighed on him for yeah. his whole life. For sure. And that's like that's something that I think all of us can definitely relate to. Is like we never know when someone so important to us is gonna like leave this earth. And so it's like, even that's so hard because, like, you can't think every moment, like, this is going to be the last time I talk to you, you know? But right. it's like, if it is, like, sometimes, like, your last words can, like, really haunt you, I feel like, for the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it kind of goes on to then chronicle, like, his time in um, school, like, elementary yeah. school. Kind of, it, he went back to his school called Eaton. Yeah. So he goes to Ludge Grove School and he also went to Eaton. Yeah. And he like kind of struggled academically there. Um, he smoked marijuana, occasionally used cocaine. As a, um, as a young boy. Yes. This is like pre-18, pre-17. My pre question is who gave him this stuff? I think he it's just like his friends that he was going out with. Yeah. His classmates. But yeah. it's true. How are they even getting access to this? I genuinely don't even know. And also it's like can like. You know how it's like, can he not get in trouble for that as a royal? Oh, like, aren't there sh- any oh, rules of like you get kicked out from being a royal? Like if he, d- it, it, like higher standards than other classmates? Yeah. Is that what you're saying? Well, I think he didn't get caught. Well, no, I'm not even saying that. I mean like as being a royal part of the royal family, if there's certain things that you do, you can't be a royal anymore. It doesn't seem like that, but. Well, I'm sure it's because it wasn't public knowledge at that point. But yeah. then, the, but then there were starting to be articles about. But yeah, a ton of articles about older, how he yeah. was a partier. Yeah, you know. But I think yeah, it's very interesting because he kind of he starts to have his own experiences with the paparazzi. So like as he's going through school, and it's so funny too because he loves abbreviations. Yes, this man loves an abbreviation. He's like paparazzi; they're called the pop. And then he's like in detention; they would call it deet. And I'm like, okay. Oh my God. Like, can you guys, it sounds like Kevin from The Office when he doesn't feel like finishing his sentences. Like, you're not saving much time. You're actually creating so much more because you have to tell me what it means. Yes. And it's like not that deep where I'm like, detention. It's not that deep. Yeah. right. <laughs> <laughs> it's literally, he loves an abbreviation for everything. And he's like, he also has like five names. Oh, also his real name is Henry. If you knew that his his legal given name is Henry. So he ha- this man has like 15 names. Um, it's quite shocking. And so he also goes by has. He goes by Harold. He yes. goes by the Harold Spike. one. I don't understand. OK, because I've heard people usually her names Harold. They go by Harry and then their nickname will be has. I've heard that. I've never heard the has. Those threes, I've heard that a lot. But the if your name's Henry. Yeah, his name. Why is are we calling you Harry? Yeah, it's because they go by. He goes by a million different names. So he just loves a nickname. And yeah, sometimes he goes. And some people they would call me H. Like my girlfriends would call me H. I'm like, ew. ew. <laughs> <laughs> like nasty. I'm like, no, I would not be hanging out with you, H. But so, did, oh, go ahead. Oh, I was just gonna say about the cocaine thing that he did write. So this is a quote. He says, "Of course, I had been taking cocaine at that time at someone's house during a hunt. Wait, this might be later on." 
Either way, he's still doing cocaine. Yep. Um, he was he's doing cocaine at somebody's house during a hunting weekend. He was offered a line, and since then, he had consumed more. He said, it wasn't very fun, and it didn't make me feel especially happy, as seemed to happen to others. But it did make me feel different, and that was my main objective, to feel, to be different. I was a 17-year-old willing to try almost anything that would alter the pre-established order. At least that's what I was trying to convince myself of. Yeah. So he he's just trying to understand himself and be his own person. But also, I think he he is more of the personality where he wants to have friendships and he wants to hang out. And whereas William, I think, is a little bit more type A, serious minded. And Harry talks about, too, how he is just not the academic minded person. Not that he's dumb by any means, but he just is like, I don't like to study. I need to be moving my body. I had siblings like that where they're like, they're smart and they're great. But they're like, no, I also want to be active and I need to be doing things with my hands at the same time as learning. Like, And so I think for his personality type, um, it was way easier for the press to kind of look at the differences and think, okay, William is just royal. Yeah. But it's not even necessarily because he was the heir, quote unquote. I think it's also his personality type. Like he yeah. was much more type A, enjoyed the studying, enjoyed hitting the books. Whereas Harry was like, no, I got to be playing rugby. I got to be moving. I got to be doing yeah. things. Um, even just him being called the spare though. Because like that's like called spare like because – William's the heir, so he's like the next in line. But then, like, he's just a spare boy, which will only get the like he only gets it if William dies, right? Right. But not even now because he's like six removed from the yes. crown. So it's like William has now kids, and so yes. he's not even close. And, and that's another thing where I was like, who is really calling you the spare other than yourself? Mm. Really? Because yeah, that might have been a joke when you were born, or it might have been like a phrase that you heard when you were little. Which is that I, like a technical term for him though? It's like, oh, I'm the spare and he's the heir. That's definitely not his like code name. You know, they yeah. have like the Eagles landed. True, it's true. like they're not spare being like <laughs> the extra ones here. Like yeah. no, but yeah. I think it's more of like that's how he felt though. That's like, I I think it probably was because he did mention a quote of like he. But this is this is his personality to a mm. T. This is what we learned from this book. He very much will hear something once once and latch on to it. Yeah. Because he had this quote where he's like, I heard my even my dad once said when we were little, oh, now we have the air and we have the spare. Like, mm-hmm. amazing. Like, yeah. I have both. Like, and it's like, yes, of course, it's a callous yeah. and crazy thing to say if you're the dad. Mm-hmm. But to hold on to that for your whole life, like yeah. you are an adult man now with kids of your own, a life of your own, family of your own. It's like that is something that came out in therapy. And yeah. should have just stayed in that therapy session. <laughs> like, well, I wonder, like, how that would feel. Like, being in royalty, like, everyone – I mean, I'm guessing people treated William with more respect. Totally. Because they were like, well, he's going to be the king one he's day. going so, to be the like, king. I need to be, be on my best behavior. But, like, you, yeah. six removed. <laughs> I can bully you. Like, <laughs> well, it's, like, also just imagine – yeah, if you were the kid being referred to as a spare from your family. For sure. That would Crazy. hurt. Crazy. But then also – you he attached to that identity for the rest of his life yes you get to choose whether or not you're going to take on that identity and i think that's the thing that for the whole book is really interesting is he just kind of always when it suits him assumes that role yeah and that's kind of where i yeah i am we can talk about our overall feelings of him later but (laughs) i just think i understand a lot of his aspects as being a person like the things that he was struggling with or the things he was upset about but part of me is like, you need to learn how to live and let live. Yeah. You need to learn how to let go. But does anybody, has anybody taught him that? Because sometimes I think that's something that's taught. 
I mean, therapy. <laughs> like, but, ma'am, if he's just going in there and talking and not saying anything, I really do. I, I can totally see his. And if sessions. his therapist is like, "Wow, like this is the prince. Like I'm just gonna let him say whatever he wants, so right. I can keep getting this big money." His therapist might not actually be doing him any favors. I actually was just thinking about that. I was like, "Did he have a therapist who would say the hard things, or mm. did he have a therapist that was like, this is the prince, and I am going to have Tell always him what he needs to hear, yeah." What yeah. he wants to hear. I know. But it's like, if I was his therapist, I'd be like, so you got problems. Yeah. Let's work this out. Like, <laughs> So he's going through, you know, his college, his pre-college years, and he is getting his own now experience of being paparazzi and being misunderstood. And there's a quote where he talks about how um, he was at a concert with his dad and there were all these reporters shouting at him going, Harry over here, Harry, Harry, how are you doing, Harry? And he said, questions were answers. Questions were traps. Mm. Questions were flung at my head like cleavers. The journalist didn't give a toss at how I was doing. They were trying to get me to say something messy and say something newsy. And so I think that is a very good point that he recognized that of like, yeah, that's the whole point of the paparazzi. They're not trying to be understanding. They're not trying to be the royal photographer capturing a beautiful picture moment. Mm -hmm. They are literally there trying to get you to say something to do something. Paparazzi, I'm pretty sure I did read this somewhere that like some of the laws do not apply specifically to the paparazzi because it's their literal job. So the fact that they're allowed to follow you home and take pictures, like a regular person, they would call them stalkers, but we call them paparazzi and say it's normal. That's not normal no. because if it was just one person out there with a camera, take that guy to jail, he's being a creeper. Jail. But when you've got 10 of them out there, well, this is just a job. You can look inside my window and see what I'm doing and like, you know what I'm saying so that is one thing where i've always thought like even if you see people celebrities like in america like sometimes the way that they respond to the paparazzi is like just leave me alone it's like yes like it's something that you should know is probably going to happen to you but where i like sympathize a little bit with i guess empathize Mm -hmm. with um harry is that like yeah he didn't get to choose that no matter what exactly exactly and i think it's interesting for him to recognize it in retrospect like looking back on his life but it's like i just I guess this is part of my maybe my I haven't having have not having to be in that situation. Mm. But I'm like, don't you recognize that that is literally their job? Yeah. Like, it's a sucky it's job, so though. Horrible. It's a bad job. No, it's horrible that that exists. I think to the extreme level that it did. I think that's yeah. why. So he obviously is correlating his experience with his mom's. And he was talking about he has a quote. He says, my existence was just fun and games to these people. I wasn't a human being to them. I wasn't a 14-year-old boy hanging on by his fingernails. I was a cartoon character, a glove puppet to be manipulated and mocked for mm. fun. So what if they're fun made me already made my already difficult days more difficult made me a laughing stock before my schoolmates not to mention the wider world so what if they were torturing a child all was justified because i was royal and in their minds royal was synonymous with non-person and so it's interesting because he really feels like they're not treating me like a human and then at the same point i'm like but that's not what their role is to do for you like and i get that there's a level of human understanding and empathy of like this is a kid yeah. we're not gonna take his photo or we're not gonna do these things and we're not gonna chase them but i also think it's like his father and the royal institution would put him in situations publicly and yeah. so then it kind of is fair game where it's like well you're here marching in the parade too or mm-hmm. you're here on tour as well 
So we are going to take your photo. I think it's like for me, I'd be like, it makes more sense. Like if you're on an event and people are there to take your photo and they make stories off of that. Right. But it's like when they're like following you around town or like they know like someone, literally someone that he can't trust anybody. The fact that like you could be going somewhere and your own friend could call them be like, hey, just so you know, Prince Harry's going to be here in like five minutes. Like get your people out there. You know, to me, it's like I just think the paparazzi honestly should not be a job. The Mm -hmm. fact that we are paying people to be invasive. Right. But the second the second it would happen to one of them, I swear, if paparazzi, if someone in the paparazzi had paparazzi on them, they it would be eye opening of like this is dehumanizing. The fact that the paparazzi gets to go home and pee in peace, but then Meghan Markle has. I mean, sorry, what's her last name now? Markle still? Is it still Meghan Markle? Mm, it's like Duchess of Sussex, but I don't know what her like surname would be. Yeah. So she, oh, I think anyway. she still goes by Meghan Markle. Yeah. The fact that she has to go home and she can't go to the bathroom—that's dehumanizing. Right. Let a person go to the literal bathroom. But then it also speaks to, I guess, supply and demand of like, if we didn't want to see it, mm, then yeah. would there but be? But do a need we for actually want to see it? Because you know how many times, like I was talking to Sadie earlier, uh, ladies and gents, is that like when you go to the store and you see tablets in there, you automatically know that they're probably all a lie. But I have never seen someone pick it up and buy it who are the people buying it but i mean like the pictures of you're you're exactly right in print i don't know anybody that does that would watch that now but or look at that now or purchase it but i'm even meeting like online versions of paparazzi of like them filming like kim kardashian leaving her house them people like taking pictures of like harry styles all the people that were taking pictures of um what's the new movie like the colleen hoover movie that's coming out where they had like uh blake lively and so it's like all these pictures everyone wants a sneak peek everyone wants to see what the famous people are doing and so it's like and it also it can be a benefit to the these famous celebrities and people when they choose when or not they're going to be paparazzi and i guess that's what's interesting is like some of these people do like they'll pose for paparazzi pictures yeah and then sometimes they don't. And so it's interesting to see, like, when does it benefit you and when does it not? But I think in Harry's case, he's just so traumatized because of what sure. happened to his mom. And there was even a part that actually I really this kind of struck me with how dehumanizing the paparazzi was, especially to his mom, where he was looking and he at back at photos of basically what his the car crash that yeah. what had happened to his mom. He was now. 18 I think at the time and he wanted to see it yeah. and they he needed to believe that she was actually dead because up at this point he was still like no she's in hiding he really did believe he's like I I really think that she's like gonna reach out for us one day like I how think heartbreaking she- it is because basically he's in denial yeah living in denial like he genuinely always believes she's around the corner yeah. somewhere but basically he writes that flashes there were flashes and within some of those flashes were ghostly visages half visages Paps and reflected paps, refracted paps on all the smooth and metal surfaces and glass windscreens. Those men who chased her, they'd never stopped shooting her while she lay between the seats, unconscious or semi-conscious. And in their frenzy, they'd sometimes accidentally photograph each other. Not one of them was checking on her, offering to help, not even comforting her. They were just shooting and shooting and shooting. Oh, oh, and that is like such a jarring thought process if you think about someone goes the horrific car crash happening in front of you who cares who it is horrific car crash happening in front of you and then everyone around them just gets out and takes out their phones and starts videoing or just taking pictures and no one's saying we should call 911 no one's running up to the car no one's helping if, if imagine that scenario imagine 
A car crash happens right in front of you. Horrific. And everyone stops, gets out of their cars and just pulls out their phone. The fact that no one, they, nobody, none of those paparazzi were charged with murder. No. I think they should have. In a regular case, in, I've been watching a lot of law and order people. <laughs> in a regular scenario, like if you were not a royal, they would be the cause of her death. Yeah. And the fact that they're like, it's my job. It's like, no, your job is to take pictures. Your job is not to like, run them off the road. Run somebody off the road. But this is why it's always been such a um dis a discussion is because apparently the driver had like drunk, some right? well, he had some level of alcohol content in his bloodstream. And that's where it's like that he wanted to know. So Harry had, had actually asked to run reports yeah. and a talk screen and see how much. Mm-hmm. Because it's like if he had stuff in his system from the night before, wouldn't have been intoxicated. Yeah. If he had had a high amount, then he'd been drunk that morning. And yeah. then it would be a whole different story. And it they didn't reopen the case in that way. And yeah. so it was just really heartbreaking. So I can see why his experience of the paparazzi, he's so much more sensitive to it. Um, and so, it, but it goes to also illustrate, like, he's never really overcome it, mm. what that affected to him and how it's played out in his life. Like, I think it's a really important thing to recognize, like, my view of paparazzi is extremely shaped by what happened to my mom. Yeah. That is important to recognize. But I don't think what he's done, he hasn't changed any of his behaviors or thoughts about it or expectations. Yeah. Because I think... I mean, this whole book is covered with all of these tiny little stories that came out on the news that he's like, oh, this is wrong. Yeah. That's wrong. That's not actually what happened. And he would he would even put in here about like when he got his hair cut and it was butchered. It looked so stupid. And the press came out and, oh, that was a whole new thing. And yeah. it's like, why does that matter? I think I was just thinking this, that maybe the reason why he's so like obsessed with the little details is because like the way he was obsessed with his mother, he needed to know every single little detail. And then he was like obsessed with actually knowing the truth that that could have shaped how he views like everything where he's like, that's not the truth though. Right. Because he never felt like he was getting the truth. And so it's like, he wants people to know the truth because he knows what it feels like to maybe believe the opposite or, right. you know, so it's just like how he views life, but it's a little based off of his circumstances. Like I think he should have gotten help a lot sooner. Well, and I think it's unrealistic expectations to yeah. ha- I'm like, you are one of the most famous people in the world. You People are not going to understand you and you are going to be misunderstood by a great number of people. Yeah. I don't, when you have a certain level of stardom, celebrity, power, influence, you should not also be able to explain yourself to the millions and millions of people yeah. doing it. People are going to have their own opinions about you and you can't control that. And it's like, I think, well, even what we were talking about, how when we are in the grocery store, right, and we look at those magazines that are like right by the yeah. snacks and right by checkout, we both know without having any, like any insight into these actors or actresses' lives, yeah, that what is on there is most categorically false. Like, yeah. it's like they took a photo and they put something over it. We know that. And we're like smart women. And I'm like, yeah. I just feel like it's the average, like, thoughtful, well-minded person is going to look at some of these articles and be like, this is stupid or it doesn't matter. And so I think it's his, his, honestly, his struggle of his life is, like, that he never recognized that aspect, that he never learned to be like, I need to not care. Yeah. And I, and deep in his heart, like, not just, like, 
oh yeah it doesn't bug me but he needs to not care yeah he needs to be if strong people in lie about him is. yeah for sure and like being confident in who he is but also it's like this might be a hot take i don't know or a personal i don't know how you say that but basically i'm not sure if people were made for the spotlight Oh, no. I don't think that's how God created us to be at all because he created us to, right? And we're talking from a Christian standpoint. So, you know, but basically like he created us for everything for him to get the glory. And so it's like, even the fact that it is honestly, no matter whether it's like, yes, it's how the world works. And it's like, you have to kind of, I don't want to say that you have to accept it, but you have to understand it. It's still, it's like when you look at it in the way that God created it to be, this is a really dehumanizing thing. It's like, and I don't, I could be wrong, but I don't think that they are Christians or, you know, that the the royal family are Christians, but it's still like, this is, he was never meant to get that much publicity. He was never meant to have people care about him that much because it's literally like, you're paying so less attention to like the one that actually should, you know, the captain of your heart, the, the one that should actually be getting it. That it's like when I hear these things, it's like, yes, like maybe they should understand. But it honestly makes my heart like ache and feel bad for them that they don't know the true glory. Because if he did know it, well, then maybe he would be able to be like, I don't care. Well, and neurologically, you're not capable to handle that many opinions about you. For sure. So that's why, I mean, they've done so many studies on the harmfulness of social media where it's like the likes, the numbers, the comments. You're not, you were never, ever, ever, ever meant to know all these people's opinions about you. Yeah. And so I think you're totally right. It just warps your perspective. And so, yeah, so he goes through kind of his youth and his college years starting to kind of have his own experience with proppy, uh, <laughs> paparazzi and have these crazy experiences and starts to kind of, that's where this all, I'd say, really starts to ramp up for him. Mm. And then right before college. Yes. There's this very famous story that you've probably heard about if you know Prince Harry, but he was photographed in a Nazi costume Mm. at a party. Yes. And he talks about it in this book and he wants to give you his side of things. Um, And his side of things is that he's just ignorant. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, he's honest. He's he's honest, um, but he's ignorant. And he he says that I phoned Willie and Kate and asked what they thought. And they said out of the two costumes mm-hmm. that he could have picked they were like yeah pick the nazi one and this is what i want to say is like if you you don't know what you don't know yes. right okay you can go through life being everybody compl- knows what the holocaust is though that's that's what i was getting to mar you don't know what but you don't know but are what unless you live on top of a mountain and you were never taught it ma'am, but this man's in the tabloids he knows that's the holocaust precisely what i was about to say you can go through life being very ignorant of a lot of things and yes. you should be given the grace to learn yes and to grow and to be like okay i didn't know that before yes fine i'm so sorry if you literally showed up to a party looking like hitler yeah what do you expect yeah and how how truly just like detach from society do you have to be Mm. to think that maybe that's problematic like maybe me showing up as like one of the world's like hate like most horrific leaders yeah would be problematic maybe it wouldn't be such a good look it's like i've seen people do it though where the it's taken well because everyone's like oh it's just like they're laughing at it not laughing at the situation of the holocaust but being like why would you dress up as hitler like they're trying to make people laugh not because they agree with it you know but he definitely like this is the one thing that gets me is like two things 
One, if you are a public figure, especially royalty, I feel like every move that you make, you should be thinking about how other people should see you because what you're representing. Your impact on, yeah. Yes, you're impacting, you're representing the royal family. Like, you would do research. You would think that these people also have stylists. What was their, well, this know, is the, the theme like of the party. It was one of Willie's friends having a birthday party. The theme of the party was natives and colonials. Which also, I just don't know if that would um, hit so well now. This was yeah. 2005. Even that party is like, why did you choose Why that? Natives and Colonials? But that's what I'm saying. 2005, I think that was like before a lot of social media, before I think things could get so um, misconstrued so quickly. Like people could say, could, people could condemn people right away or not yeah. with social media. But I, what I'm thinking about that i'm like well why would you even pick that theme of a party yeah so random so weird and that also just goes to show a very sub like a very niche subculture so maybe we just don't know about some like english culture in this way like maybe some there's different but i do think it's like for you to even run that costume by other people and then be like oh yeah nazi costume that's another thing is like as a older sibling Right. I'm not an older sibling, but if you are, actually I am, but if you are like an older sibling, it's like, not that you have to take on this role, but I do think it's like, it's a given that like your younger siblings are going to look up to you. And so even though he was like upset that nobody ever blamed like William or Kate, like he got all of the, you know, it's like, I do like shame on you, William, Kate, shame on you. Right. For also being representatives. And like, you know, how people are going to look at or it. do they and that's what i want to know how do they not but they get criticized for everything but this is what i'm saying is i'm like are you all in such this weird bubble in no. 2005 no. where you literally think no. that that's not a problem that's what i'm saying it's ridiculous to me well maybe it's that bubble of time where it's like you know like there's a lot of like even like even though there's still there's always gonna be something going on right but even like when racism was like very popular like it was the thing to do well, and th- what I'm saying is, like, there is a lot of deep-rooted racism in the monarchy, yeah. in which I think has been come out and has been very hurtful. And that's al- also what you've seen in, like, the relationship between Meghan and Harry. But what I'm saying is, like, how ignorant do you really have to be where you genuinely thought that wouldn't be a problem? Like, even for William, I'm like, how did you not think that that would be an issue at all? Yeah. And so, anyway, he he basically just tells you that's what happened i ran by them out someone else didn't even think anything of it no one thought anything of it i went to the party no one thought it was a problem but then uh the pictures came out and everyone thought it was a problem this is one thing where oh i'm so sorry no it's fine well i was just gonna say that his his dad actually was like yeah what were you doing yeah and he said he was like very tender and very kind Mm -hmm. but he was kind of like he said darling boy how could you be so foolish yeah and then he said my cheeks burn i know i know so, it's so like, he knew. But he knew after the fact. Like, no. that's what I'm saying. He's like, no. oh, I see what you're saying. You're saying. he knew, If someone is getting like, if when a kid gets caught, and because I did it all the time, if a kid gets caught and they're like, what were you thinking? And you're like, I know, I know I shouldn't have done that. Means he knew what the Holocaust was. He knew that some people wouldn't like it. He knew that it would look bad. He only cares because he got caught. And because then he gets other upset. people thought it was yes. wrong. If no one, that's why he was saying no one at the party thought it was a problem yeah william kate didn't think it was a problem it's like who cares you're the one that has the personal responsibility but then there's also something about being authentic that i appreciate where it's like 
if you are an ignorant person, like at least you're not hiding it. At least you're not pretending, oh, I don't find that funny, but then secretly, like I would rather you wear the Hitler costume and let me know who you are as a person than act like that's not who you are. 100%. And so he recognized after, you know, he was essentially told you should not have done this and this was wrong. So he basically went to this rabbi um, and was kind of trying to learn the error of his ways. And I actually thought the rabbi had a very good quote. He said, he urged me not to be devastated by my by my mistake, but instead to be motivated. He spoke to me with the quality of one who often encounters in truly wise people, forgiveness. Mm. He assured me that people do stupid things, say stupid things, but it doesn't need to be their intrinsic nature. And so it's like, I think that is very yeah. true. And I think that's a very good point. And we've talked about this of like, The whole idea of you have to be gracious and let other people grow. If they time and time again show you and that they're not willing to grow, they're not willing to learn, they're just ignorant or rude or hurtful or whatever, then yeah, forget it. Drop them. Like it's like, well, then yeah, no, you're not gonna be patient with them as they learn. But it's like, no, of course, you need to give people chances to learn and grow. But I think Harry including all of that in here, yeah, it just goes to show he still kind of thinks like. He, he really, he really doesn't think he did anything wrong because he's like, oh, guys, I didn't know, and I went to a rabbi, and he said that I'm doing the right thing by trying to come and learn and grow. It's like, yes, you are, Harry. No one's saying that you aren't, but part of learning and growing is recognizing that you messed up, and <sighs> I think that's like, yeah, because we were talking about cancel culture, and it's such a negative thing because just like with Harry going through these things, it's like I feel like he thinks that no one has forgiven him and it's a hard thing but also it's like i don't think that you need everybody's forgiveness people are going to have that spirit of offensiveness right they're offended but we're also not called to be offended and so it's like even if it's wrong right i once again cannot like allow like i guess what the rabbi is saying is like don't let that define you that's not it's something that you did and as long as you don't keep doing it it won't become who you are you know, and so it's like, but he does for sure. It's, I think he's still trying to get convince people that he didn't do anything wrong. And it's like, well, he are just, you growing then? Exactly. He just so deeply wants to be understood in the way that like a friend would understand and, and not hold you accountable. Yeah. It's like, well, then do that with people in your mm-hmm. life, but yeah. not the world at large. Like for sure. You can have people in your life that you're like. Please love me and understand me, even though I made so many mistakes and errors. Of course, yes. But when you write a book about it and you want the world to just love you and understand everything that you... I also thought he didn't want to be in the limelight. So, like, why are we writing this book? Ma'am. I'm sorry. It's because he wants to be so understood. So, anyway, that's kind of the first section of his book. He goes off to join the British Army. So, he becomes... He said, I was no longer Prince Harry. I was second Lieutenant Wales of the Blue and Royals, second oldest regiment of the British Army, part of the Household Cavalry, bodyguards to the monarch. So he is ready to go to war. And he is just very much excited about leaving kind of the bubble of the royal household. Mm. He's done with college. He just wants to go do something and find purpose. And so he goes off to the war. Yeah. And it's it's he obviously like experiences a lot of things and even when he comes out of the war war he they call it like because my husband's in the military when you get out of the military they call it civilian life because it's like normal people's lives are not run by like the government and so he really struggles in areas like that too but even when he was in the war like he wasn't i think he went there thinking that it was going to help heal him Mm. or even think that maybe like it would take away all of his problems and he could just ignore them but honestly in some cases i think that it just made it worse yeah 
And because he wanted to find his purpose, he wanted to kind of hide all these emotions and just kind of get lost in something else. And it's like, I think it's very admirable that yeah. he wanted to be a part of the war, but I think there was also quite a lot of selfish reasons that he did it. Um, and so he did a couple different types of training, but that yeah. he ended up being an FAC, which was like an air controller. Yeah. Um, and so he would kind of be the one to call in with uh, planes that were coming across his territory and he would let them know if it's safe or not or direct them to do all these different things. So he even was like, he, the army was having a hard time working with him at some points because yeah. of people finding out where he was and getting yes. paparazzi. So he'd have to move around. So that's another thing where I was kind of like, I'm just, it's so unfortunate that he's getting paparazzi and or that people are finding out where he is. Yeah. But then it's also like, it's so hard because the army is just trying to be the army and they've got this high profile man just wanting to be in the army. It's like, imagine if like a famous actor, like Tom Cruise, I could yeah. totally see Tom Cruise being like, I want to join the army. Yeah. And they're like, you are, people are going to come here and try For to just sure. yeah. find you. And we're trying to do our jobs. Yeah. And like you're distracting from it. Yeah. And so that's another aspect of like, I think it's amazing that he wanted to go and fight for his country and he also should be allowed to do that as yeah. just like a person. However, he is not just a person. He has yeah. all of this notoriety and fame and responsibility that comes with that. So then him even going into the army, it's just an interesting, it's like mm. shows more of kind of his, I guess, inner life and his thought process of where he was at because he really, he was causing the army issues sometimes because they're like well we gotta move you again and i don't yeah. know i thought that was kind of interesting if you have made it to this part of the podcast you're a real one but this is actually sadie coming to you from the future and unfortunately this part of our episode was somehow deleted there was technical difficulties we don't know, but it's my job real quick to recap what you missed from Mar and I just honestly bashing on how Harry and Megan met. Um, so part three we get into is called Captain of My Soul. OK, just let that sink in. That is that is how dramatic they are. That is how in love they are. And it's honestly, it is very sweet, but I think this is kind of how a lot of people feel when they are watching other people's love stories or they're listening to other people talk about their significant other. You're kind of like, okay, let's move it along. Let's let's get on. So part three is entitled Captain of My Soul, and this is how Harry and Meghan met. So July 1st, 2016, Harry sees an Instagram video of his friend with this woman, this girl, and her name is Megan. But he's, I just can't because the picture that he sees or a little video he sees of the two of them is of them with the puppy dog filter. Like, first off, do you remember how long ago that was with that little like puppy filter that would put the little tongue out on your face? Like if you put the filter on, he sees this like filter this video of that, but he's like, oh my goodness, that is the most beautiful woman I've ever seen in my life. And he has this really long-winded, like, I can see that she's smart and brilliant and has a zest for life and is just a deep, and it's like all from this little 30-second video. And so he messages his friend, his friend's Violet, who was in the Instagram video, and he's like, who is this woman? She's like, oh, you and every other one of my guy friends have been messaging me. He's like, it's Megan, she's an actress, and she's in this show called Suits. And so she um, lets her friend know. She lets Megan know, hey, this I got my guy friend Harry is interested in you. 
And so Megan DMs him, which is so funny because for the rest of the episode, you'll you'll we'll get into it, but she talks about just kind of how unknowing she is about royal life and British life. And I'm like, you literally DM'd him on his Instagram. Like you have you know he's the prince. Like, I don't know why you're acting so like oblivious to this. But anyway, so she messages him. She was like, well, okay, let's let's go out. And he's like, okay, well, I can't really go out, out. Like, you do you not understand what this means? I'm literally a prince. Like, I can't go just out to the bars. And so she's like, let's meet at this place called Soho House. So it was in London. It was this private, like, members club. And she's like, they know me super well. and We can sit in the back. It won't be a big deal. And so they go and they have this date. And they're just kind of obsessed with each other from the jump. Like, they're just besotted with each other. And so the date goes super short because he's kind of late um, because of he has like a security detail and traffic and all this stuff. And so he's late and she made dinner plans later. So the date was really quick, but they they plan another one. And it's actually July 4th before she goes back to filming Suits in Canada. And so they meet and it's just honestly, they're obsessed with each other from the very beginning. They're so goo-goo eyes and just in love. And so that is kind of their very initial meet cute. Okay, that's all we missed. Let's get back to the episode. So they just start dating. Obviously, it's very difficult because she's recording this TV show on Suits, Mm -hmm. or Suits, it's called, in Toronto, Canada. And he's obviously, it's so much more difficult for him to fly and visit her because he would have to just get it approved by all these different parts of their government. And then he would have to get the plane and then the security and all the stuff. So it really depended on her being able to fly out and spend time with them. And so... They just start dating. They really hit it off and they are both very well suited yeah. to each other. They're just kind of like dorky. <laughs> suited. And, oh, sorry. Thing. I didn't even know I did that. <laughs> suited <laughs> to each other. And he talks about too how he like finally tells William and Kate that he's like seen someone and he was like so nervous because she's a divorcee and she's American and all this stuff. And then he tells them who it is and, he, and he's like, they couldn't believe it, believe it because they're obsessed with suits. And I was like, Wow, that's so great. Like, yeah. he's just, like, in love with, like, anybody that loves Megan. Like, yeah. he he is so got his love goggles on and is just, like... Which is sweet. It's it is sweet. really sweet. There was a part, too, where um, when they start dating and she's kind of caught by the paparazzi, it starts to really catch on to her. And it starts... Once they kind of go public with their relationship and she starts getting trailed and all this yeah. stuff. And she had a horrible day. She went out to the grocery store And people were just following her and this guy was like running around in this grocery store and filming her and it was just really awful. And so he comes back and she's just like a mess about it. And he says, I put my arms around her. I said, I was sorry. So sorry. We just held each other until I slowly became aware of the most delicious smells. I looked around. Hang on. You mean after all that you still made lunch? I wanted to feed you before I left. Like, literally, I'm so sorry, but I highlight that because I was like, this is so freaking annoyed. But in their heads, they think they're the cutest thing ever. Like, he's like, I cannot believe after the day she had. It's like, yes, Joel does that stuff for me all the yes, time where I'm like, yeah. you have had this horrific day and you still are thinking yeah, of me loving sweet. me. It is so sweet. But I was like, to include that in this book, he's like, no, guys, Megan is literally an angel. We're like, that is. Well, honestly, it's <sighs> like it feels like nowadays that is getting rare and rare. Well, of it like, shouldn't. if like, exactly, it should not. Chivalry but like in relationships, like 
people are being like, well, I had a rough day, so all eyes on me. And, totally. You know, and I'm totally not even paying attention to the fact that their spouse or significant other might have also had a really bad day. And like 100%. not even asking. You know? 100%. So. Well, and I guess maybe I'm, we're the lucky ones, Mar, because I was we're like, that is ones. normal. Like, stop being like, this is so amazing. Because, But it just goes to show me of like how love goggly is for yeah. her and they really are so enamored with each other and so it makes so much sense why when she starts getting chased by the paparazzi yeah why he is so defensive and why when all these articles are coming out that are inaccurate or messing things up he's so offended and so yeah. wanting to correct it there's like a part two where he they go to their first kind of like big outing was the invictus games which is something that he started um for uh, different people that are out of the military yeah. to um, interact in kind of like an Olympic style games, kind of like the Paralympics, but that's where he got his inspiration from. But so their first big outing was in 2017 and they go and they're sitting at the front and they're just kind of watching and they're really nervous, but they're just kind of talking everything. And he says, um, we managed to have fun to crack a few jokes with some Kiwis, which are, People from Australia. I know that because my friend <laughs> is from Australia and she's a Kiwi and that's really a cute. Kiwi. Um, jokes of some Kiwi sitting beside us and the photos that appeared the following day were sweet, though several in the British press slammed Meg for wearing ripped jeans. No one mentioned that everything she wore down to the flats and button down shirt had been pre-approved by the palace. And by no one, I mean not anyone at the palace. So it's like even that, even when it's like mm. someone, all these articles, he's saying, yeah, a lot of them were so sweet. But there were a couple that were yeah. mad at her for her ripped jeans. He's like, I can't believe the palace didn't say that. We approved it. It's like they, they are not going to care. I think, yeah, it's like the palace has that mindset of like, well, if I approved it, I approved it. I don't care what they say. Like they have no idea. Like other but people. But you can't spend all of your day correcting every little mistake. You it's can't. Like, they're going to say you were, I can't believe she wore up jeans cool who yeah. cares like i'm sorry it literally doesn't matter it's like why do you even care that yeah. people are mad that she wore up jeans you just gotta be like who cares yeah for i wore sure. up jeans so yeah and i just think this couple honestly i think some people are like this couple's like not healthy for each other <laughs> <laughs> but also it's like well who are you judge because the way that he talks about her honestly like we don't know her but they definitely um they seem very like honest with each other very yes. sweet they seem like good parents and i think honestly it's just kind of sad that it's gotten to this point i think all around because it's like when you get married to someone it's supposed to be a sweet thing it is supposed to be like wow a new adventure nobody wants to start their uh marriage off on a wrong foot especially if the wrong foot has nothing to do with you but everything with how people perceive you right and i think the reason why like yes at the end of the day you got to know that that's not who you are of each other but i think it's hard like Say Hunter and I just got married and everyone was saying the worst things about him. And I des definitely want to be like, that's not true. Like, that hurts me. Because when you become one, right, it hurts you totally. to see other people. And it's like, it, got, it has to hurt Megan to be like, people don't even know me. And they're saying the worst things about me, about my race, about my family, about the things that I wear, about like, yes, it's one. it, it could be so easy to say that, like, we just need to understand that people are going to think what they want to think. But it, it, that's the problem is that people aren't just thinking it. They're now saying it. Yeah. And your words have power. They they really do. And so it's like there's yeah, there's so much power in the tongue. And so I think with this couple and everything they went through, I do think I can understand at some level as to why they would want to walk away. But at the same time, I don't think they walked away completely. And that's contradicting. Right. And I think what I agree with you and what you said, too, is like the things that it escalated to 
Those are the things I think that Harry should have prioritized and made an mm. issue. And I think because he made every tiny little thing that they got wrong yes. an issue and he wanted the palace to um, ha- put out a contradiction or he wanted them to re- revoke it or um, he wanted them to say something in defense of Megan for every tiny little thing that when it got to things about her race, when it got to things about their kids, when it got to them chasing her off the road and driving recklessly they were like you need to like recognize like mm. what this role is we can't we can't spend our whole job and our yeah. whole office's expenses just to make sure your wife isn't feels okay yeah. and i think that's why so there was like one part where he talks about um all these just different narratives and the press that were coming out and he goes one day it was yuck megan's bra strap was showing classless megan the next day yikes she's wearing that dress trashy megan the next day god save her the fingernails are painted black goth megan the next day goodness she still doesn't know how to curtsy properly american megan the next day crikey she shut her own car door again uppity megan so it's like he's frustrated about that all that but then what i do think he has valid on is he talks about then later he said or the social media post about her being a quote-unquote yacht girl and an escort or some people calling her a, a gold digger and a mm. whore and a B word and a slut and then the N word repeatedly. Yeah. Some of those posts were in the comment section on the pages of all three palaces social media accounts and still hadn't been expunged. For sure. Those are the things. I'm like, yes. yeah, that would be so horrific. Take issue with that. And I think, of course, if they're on the this is what I was kind of going back and forth on. If they're on the palace's social media, right? Like yeah. people are commenting those on their public, like the, what is it called? The like account, what's the account like that's run by the p- people themselves? What a do you personal call that? Account? No, a private account? Uh, just, no, uh, just, just uh, like the uh, official, oh, official account. Oh, like, gotcha. So if it's on the official palace's account, right? Yeah. I could see being very frustrated. It's like, well, you guys have access to those comments. You guys have yeah. access to those, you know, things. Take it down. Yeah. But it's also like it's public domain. You can't spend every day, all day looking at these comments, looking at these mentions and then Mm -hmm. deleting them. But I think it's like because he took issue with every little thing about her dress and this and that. By the time it got to these more serious things where they're like, hey, this is horrific. Like she's literally being racially abused and and, and Mm. insulted and all these things like that is my wife as also a member of the royal household now. You need to protect your own. Yeah. That they're like, you got to stop. He was probably also thinking, though, when he was doing all the mini stuff that he's like, if I stop it here, it won't get to the more serious stuff. If we stop yeah. it in the tracks of like, and that's what that's what we get taught even in therapy to do. It's like stop it right. You know, when you're in the middle of a conflict or things like that, you stop right there. You reevaluate and don't let it get deeper than that. And so I think maybe in his thinking is like he knows that it could go deeper. He knows how the tabloids work. And he's like he maybe he saw it going there and was like, you need to put out a statement right now saying that megan is a part of this family we don't want you talking about her in this way maybe that would have kept it even getting to the more serious stuff you know i don't know yeah so it got to the point where he felt like the palace wasn't doing enough to support and he felt like there was no they weren't getting anywhere with Mm. any kind of retractions on the statements coming out they weren't feeling supported they weren't everything was just all day constantly negative there were no there's no extra support in regards to Megan's security and when she would try to go out. It was just unlivable life yeah. that they felt. And so they wanted to step back. And so they kind of had this um lunch at Buckingham Palace and they gave out these different reasons like these different options 
for kind of what it could look like to leave. And so essentially they left on the understanding that they were going to take a year long kind of step away from a lot of like the official duties, but they would Mm. still have their security. They were still part of the royal family responsibilities, but they were going to step away physically and find a new living environment because they felt like they couldn't live in Britain anymore. They couldn't stay there. And so then they go and they live for a little bit with uh, Tyler Perry, LOL. That part like makes me laugh so hard. That he's obsessed with friends because he had this whole story about when he was like in his. He did mushrooms with Courtney Cox. Yeah, literally did mushrooms with Courtney Cox. Like, I wonder if Courtney Cox was like, why'd you put that in there? I know. She's like, really? She's like, that was a private party. She's like, that was just a name dropping. Like he, I think he really she is. She said so Monica excited. would never. Yeah. <laughs> Monica's too organized for that, yeah. okay? I would never do something so wild. But so he talks about how he spends time at Tyler Perry's house and he lives there until they find a place to live in California. And it just cracks me up too. I'm like, this is where I'm like, oh man, you shouldn't have put that in there because then you lose your all of your yeah. relatability. Because he talks about how as this time is going by when they're in California, COVID's happening and kind of they're trying to start getting back on their feet of like what it looks like to... um <laughs> Joel, you're gonna have to cut this part out. Uh, that was hilarious. No, they're trying to get back on their feet, and the royal family is at the same time slowly letting out little statements yes. and sending them mail, basically being like, "You no longer have your security. We don't want you to do anything for the royal family." Like yeah. it's just they're kind of renegotiating and basically changing what they thought was happening. Mm. Um, and so they start freaking out, right, that they mm. don't have the security because that was the whole reason that they needed to. Yeah. And then he said they were like, he said, the question of how to pay for a home and security kept Megan me awake at nights. We would we could always spend some of my inheritance from mummy, we said, but that felt like the last resort. We saw that money as belonging to Archie and his sibling. And I'm just like, I am so sorry. Do not put that in there. Don't put that you and your rich wife who are friends with Tyler Perry, who was just letting you spend a time at their house for freezies. You're like, we we could touch the inheritance money, but we 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 want to save that. It's like, OK, that's how everyone feels. Yeah. No matter how much money they have. They're like, well, we could pull it from our savings, but we'd rather not. It's yeah. like, well, I'm sorry if your car broke, you got to fix it. Like, yeah. you, I, you just also can't say that. that. Like, from a personal broke person speaking. <laughs> <laughs> I hate when people are like, I'm broke, but then they buy something. It's like, no, when you're broke, it's like, I literally cannot buy that. Like, there is no way. There's no money in the account, ma'am. Negative dollars, okay? And That's so, why I was like, don't put in there. It's embarrassing. You so can't stressed. find a home. Buy a tiny home. You have money. You have money. Buy a condo. And I'm sorry. I'm like, you've done all these shows in suit. You're ro- I'm so sorry. Like you. Just, Where did that money go? You. And if they truly were broke. Yes. And it's like, fine. It's fine. If you were like, hey, we were getting paid by the palace and we're no longer getting paid by the palace. So we have to figure yeah, out our income. But it's like, do not ever complain about yeah. how you are going to figure out where to live. There are if homeless people on the street. Yes. People. If you are literally a friend of Tyler Perry who's been staying at his place for like two months and you're like, oh man, we could touch the inheritance. I'm sorry. Don't put that in there. It's I don't just, know why you wrote that. That was so stupid. That's inhumane. Yeah, that's that's really that's, inhumane. You don't know what it's like. <laughs> well, just goes to show again, it's like he wants to be so understood. It's like that is not a relatable struggle. Yeah. For so many people. Yeah. Don't talk about how are we gonna afford a home? Like 
oh, man, we got to like look at our inheritance money. I'm like, I'm so sure. sorry. Inheritance money? Yeah. Who are you? I said, can I inherit? Yeah. What is inheritance I said, money? I would love to be your definition of broke. <laughs> I know. So anyway, that is kind of like at the end of this book. Essentially, they um, move into Malibu, California. They're oh my. living. I thought they had no money. Yeah, I know. They had to have no mind. There's this quote that Harry kind of leaves us with. Yeah. Is, and this is a great way to kind of encapsulate his mindset. Yes. He says, whatever the cause, my memory is my memory. It does what it does. Gathers and curates at it sees fit. And there's just as much truth in what I remember and how I remember it as there is in so-called objective facts. I am so sorry. It's called objective for a reason. Yes. It's called a fact for a reason. I hate how he says there's just as much truth in what I remember it and how I remember it. What planet are you living that on? Is, that is the definition of like, you do you, your truth is your truth. It's like, wh- no, it's not. Then why, and if, it, if that is how he sees it, then why is he so upset with everybody's putting out? Maybe that's just their truth. Maybe that's how they see it. That's how they remember it. I'm so sorry. I literally love that he said, what do you say? As a... Compa- my feelings and my remember my memories as objective facts he says and there's just as much truth in what i remember and how i remember it as there is in so-called objective facts that is categorically they don't untrue yeah you your memories and feelings yeah. and thoughts of how you remember something yes are different than a objective fact especially if like you have experienced trauma there is like you are like the your the way that you view things is shifted. Sometimes you just cannot from there on out see things for how they actually are, which is why you have a third party coming in and being like, "Well, I have nothing to do with this, but this is what I saw. This is what actually happened." And it just blows my mind that he said this. This is what made me want to throw this book out. <laughs> because here he is writing a book to tell the truth about his life to go against what other people thought is how they saw it how they remembered it their truth and then he's like i'm gonna tell you that your truth is wrong yes but my truth is correct no matter what your facts actually say and the way i remember it is the same thing as a fact it's yeah. like no it's no, not that's it's how not. you remember it that's why i'm like feelings and emotions and thoughts in fact like the way that you think about things can also change there's a they difference between oh. intention and and like actual like affection, like when yes. like your intent to do something and the way it actually affects people. It's two different things. And you can literally say, I remember it this way. And someone could be like, this is the literal fact of what happens. So yes. you're wrong. That There is literally there's a whole episode actually. LOL from Grey's Anatomy again. Yeah. On it. <laughs> but, it's literally, but it's literally like this episode of this guy was in the moment about to cut open a patient mm. and this elevator door opens Mm -hmm. and he was supposed to be taking the patient he wasn't like had enough um schooling to do it he wasn't a doctor he was just like a resident (gasps) yeah and so it's literally like he was supposed to wait yes and he goes i it didn't open and they're like look at this video it shows it opening and it shows you see the door open and you decide to do i didn't see it Mm -hmm. i'm telling you i didn't see it and they're like well in the moment traumatically of course maybe you didn't see it you're so focused on like this patient in front of you yes but they're like we have the literal yes. video of you looking up and seeing the door open and, and it's like cut, yeah. for him to literally for harry to be like no the way i remember things is the same thing as a fact Mm-mm. an objective fact it's like will you just freaking ruin the whole book then yes i think it's so fair if he says 
not all of this may be factual, but this is how I experienced it. This is what I saw and this is what was going on in my mind. And this is why these things have been traumatizing to me, whether it's actually what happened or what didn't happen. This is how I remember it. And this is why it has affected me in this way. But then to just throw out everybody else's opinion, like he got in a fight with uh, William, right? William mm-hmm. could easily be like, well, that's not how I remember it. Yeah. He could be like, you literally tripped over because it was like, like, I didn't touch you. He literally was like, I fell and broke a dog bowl and I like my necklace broke and I couldn't believe it was like, it was like a horrible moment for yeah. Harry where it's like, oh, I was like her. And it's like, I mean, it did like, it's scary. It's scary. Yeah. But it's like, I'm sorry. Hey, William literally could have been like, I was walking towards you yeah. and you tripped over the dog bowl. Mm-hmm. I did not push like, you. Like, I didn't touch you. And exactly that yeah. where it's like, I'm, I'm just thinking like this whole book, he so desperately wants to be understood. And I get that emotion. That's yeah. a very human feeling of like you. I feel like the whole world always says this about me. And mm. I want you to understand this is who I am. This is how, what I was thinking at the time. Yeah. I'm giving you my side of the, of the story. But then to be like, and it's the same thing as a fact. It's like, you then why did you write this book because all of these other tabloids and all of these yeah. other newspapers could be like the same thing yeah this is what we this is what we perceive we took this picture yeah. this is the news we got this is the sources we had mm-hmm. so we did put this out with all the information we had yeah so it just goes to show i think that quote is so good because it shows really his mindset of like yeah man, I don't know if this book did what he hoped it would do in the Mm. public eye because I think if he had just kind of come out and been like, there's been a lot about me. I've been a very, you know, talked about person and no one's really gotten my words on Mm. it. Like, and I wanted to do that. And I want to sit down and just kind of show you my inner life. I want to show you my story, kind of what I experienced and how I experienced it. And hopefully that will give you more insight on who I am. I think this would have gone a lot farther with people and me personally if because they did so many documentaries and they did so many sit downs on shows that like the 60 minutes and things like that where it's like and the Netflix I think if they and- would have done none of those and simply didn't say anything about it and just put out this book and said I don't want to drag my family through the dust but I have been hurt a lot by my family And a lot of people say a lot of bad things about me. Here's what I have to say about it. Take it or leave it. And that's it. Agreed. Because it's like him moving to America. I think that was like a huge thing of everyone's like, oh, my gosh, he left the royal family. The royal family hates him. They kicked him out. He kicked he left them like everyone's kind of like, what is happening? Like, and so I think it was a good time to kind of really put something out from his perspective of like, this is what's going on. Like, from my perspective, this is what's going on. But he does also have a quote in the book where he talks about kind of like, how he's like, I'm just doing what my family has done for years and years and years. I'm like, I'm sorry. I don't recall Kate or William putting out anything Mm. about what they've been really experienced, what they've really Mm. gone through. And they've, of course, had hate on them. And they've, of course, not to the same level or extremity, but I'm just saying like, I just think he really does care what other people think about him. Mm. And I think his goal in writing this book, I don't know necessarily if it was achieved because i think he really wanted to kind of set the record straight quote unquote and i think all it did was show us like yeah you have your own perspective on things and a lot of what you went through sucked but you also have an incredibly privileged life yes and you also have a very unrelatable life in some regards and so your trials and things that were hard for you are not relatable to some people and yeah 
So also, I think that, yeah, perspective. I just also feel like, I don't want to say that this was a money grab. Oh. But I feel like this and all the documentaries no. were a money grab. Yep. This wouldn't have come across as a money grab to me if they didn't do the Netflix and yes. the 60 minutes. and the, the, yeah. Like people already knew what you thought. But then like on top of that, it's just like. He should have just done he this had this, it. Guys, this book was ghostwritten. Yeah. Well, I mean, I would be shocked if this man who thought Eat, Pray, Love was a deep book would write a deep book. I would but, be shocked if he took I, pen to paper. But that's the thing, though. I was like, if you are so desperate for people to know your truth, at least for me, at least have the time and the patience to sit down and actually write it. Well, I think, to, in my opinion, I'm glad it was ghostwritten because I think otherwise it would have been trash book. If he actually Maybe, wrote but it's his a trash work, book either way. <laughs> here's the thing i actually enjoy reading through the book i guess we can get to our final yes. thoughts we can give our rating but i actually enjoy the the feeling of reading through the book mm. because i like the chronological order of it i liked it was engaging i was yeah. kind of like oh what happened next what happened yeah. next but i think him as an individual annoyed the crap out of me but i can imagine if it wasn't ghost written yeah it would be like it would be if a non-writer i mean he's not a writer yeah it would be like him trying to produce an amazing book his first time yeah and so that's why people usually do ghost writers especially for like memoirs is because they themselves they're not full-time job is being a writer yeah so they sure. get a ghost writer but yeah i do think i don't know i would say rating wise i just like i would give it maybe a two Mm. a two and a half here's the thing i enjoyed talking about this with you a lot yes. that's why i was like i'm actually so excited to talk to you about it because <laughs> i was like there's a lot of things in here that i think it didn't it didn't come across the same way as like all the little like snippets of it that yeah, came out i was sure. like oh it's not such a like a hot take like, take like a, yeah. yeah everything that was like talked about in all those interviews those were really the hot takes yeah but and so it does just go to sh goes to show more of like just who he is as a person, what he went through. And it's like his normal experiences, his life, all of that. And so, but the quality, like, I don't know if I, I wouldn't read it again. Cause it's yeah. like, I read it once. I don't need to read it again. For but sure. Yeah. I don't know. What did you think? What were your ratings? This is What's zero. Overall feeling? <laughs> it's a zero. Listen, I'll zero say, means it was like not even written to you. It was like, there's no words on the page. There's no words on the page. It all, it went through one ear and out the other. Okay. I think it's just, I think I was just a little fed up. Okay. Of like every person wants their story to be heard. Yes. Every single person does. And like, I'm sorry I get biblical on this podcast. <laughs> but it's it. just who I am. And it's just like, none of this matters. Right. We are like coming out with like, yes, I love books. And yes, we can learn from other people's experiences. And it's like, and that's great. But this didn't feel like he was trying to help me um, learn from his mistakes. Like other people who put out memoirs or things like that. It made me think that he just wanted to be heard. And it's like, it's just like, I felt like my time was wasted because I was just thinking that like, it's just time not- Time was it, wasted. It's just, it's not about you. Yep. It might feel like it's about you, but over here in America, and I, I mean this in the nicest way because listen, y'all, I love like this. We need to be worldwide. We need to be conscious of the things that are going around us in this world. We can't just be like only in America, right? But when you put yourself and think that everything that you're going through is being seen all over the world, I barely ever hear anything about Prince Harry. Right. We are looking into his world. And so, but I think he comes from a state of point where he thinks that 
everybody's thinking about him 24-7. And he and I was like, actually, no, there's so many other more important things that are going on. And, and so I was just like, this is a zero for me. I I I am so sorry for the things that you went through, Prince Harry, if you're listening. I like, <laughs> and like, you can be on this podcast. Yeah. But I was just like, I, I'm so sorry for the things that you went through. And we all go through really hard things. And it doesn't make it justifiable that people get to take what you've been through and ruin it and make it worse and make trauma so hard for you to heal from. That does not make it right. And I'm so sorry that you went through that. But at the end of the day, like Sadie has been saying, at some point we have to get ourselves up, dust ourselves off and recognize that we are worth so much more than what other people say about us. Yep. That's so good. My, I mean, my, what I said to you, the first thing I said to you when we, before we were recording, I was like, I think ultimately it showed me he's a selfish person. Yeah. And we all can be in so many For ways, sure. but he is selfish because he's only thinking about his perspective. He's yeah. only thinking about what's happening in his world. And yeah, I think you're right. I mean, that's like why he put this out. That's why he wrote about himself and why he wanted people yeah. to understand him. So. Which people can do whatever they want to do. Yeah. And I would say from, if you are like a royal fanatic, from a reading standpoint, I enjoyed it. I was mm. like, I am curious. There's yes. so many, there's like random stories. It is more of like, think about a famous person and getting yeah. to actually feel like you're reading more about it. But yeah, definitely not a reread. I so just you, felt like it was a tabloid itself. He yeah. really wanted people to stop talking about him, but then he talked poorly about others. Yeah. Well, that's why he talks about, well, we really, we have so many thoughts. It's because <laughs> he literally was talking about how he wants to be closer to his brother and yes. he wants things to be better with him and Kate and all that. I'm like, how in the world do you see this bringing you oh, guys yeah. together? For sure, that would do the complete opposite, I think. The opposite. If I had to read something that my siblings wrote about and they were just like, my sister did da-da-da-da-da, but I want to be closer to them. It's like, well, what did you think this was going to do? Mm. Like, you've just got to actually be close to me. Like, you've got to text yeah. me and call me. Yes, and like try on it with like, me, not the yes, world. not the world. Yeah. So, well, you guys, we got into it. We got <laughs> We got, we poured the English tea and we, we got into it. The novel Sorry. <laughs> we hope you enjoyed. We, we enjoyed this dialogue. Yes. We like talking about it. I feel like we have so many more thoughts on it. And there's so many more interesting stories. Um, For other tea, there's stories about him getting his penis frostbitten. Yep. So that's for our Patreons and our separate page. <laughs> so if you are still curious about this book, um, maybe, maybe, maybe pick it up. Maybe don't. Yeah. Based on how we don't feel. Don't buy it. Go to the don't library. Don't buy it. That's what we, yes. Don't give this man any more money. He does not need any more money. Don't give this man He's any in more Malibu, for his inheritance. He's okay. <laughs> <laughs> but we hope you enjoyed this discussion. If there's books that you would love us to talk about and just give our opinions on, we'd love to hear it. Yep. So comment on our Instagram and we will see you all next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.